Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode fifty-four of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. On the air for over two decades, with over sixteen hundred episodes aired. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show was and remains an American radio institution. Three decades after its final episode aired on October 2nd, 1959, the show was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. The husband and wife team of Marion and Jim Jordan, who played the title characters, had started out with earlier radio shows that were also successful, such as Smack Out, and they remained together until Marion's death in 1961. Jim remarried in 1962 and died in 1988. Amos and Andy was also one of the longest-running radio shows in history, and immensely popular, airing from 1928 to 1950 and thousands of episodes. Although based on racial stereotypes and being voiced by white actors, it remained popular across racial lines for the most part, despite protests from various groups such as the NAACP. The TV version of the show was short-lived, but also incredibly popular during its two-year run. However, even though it used black actors to portray the characters, it reignited the controversy about racial stereotypes and was removed from the air in 1953. Hundreds of the episodes from the radio show survive to this day for us to enjoy. Now sit back and enjoy the March 7, 1939 broadcast of Fibber McGee and Molly and the January 28, 1944 broadcast of Amos and Andy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Fibber McGee and Company with Jim Jordan as Fibber, Donald Novice, the Four Notes, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Don't Ever Leave Me. <laughs> time of year, every woman secretly yearns to run away from housework, to escape from the drudgery of cleaning and scrubbing. Well, now here's a way to save yourself hours of tiresome work without feeling that you're a shirker in any sense of the word. Just get some Johnson's self-polishing glow coat and apply a little of this easy-to-use liquid polish to your floors and linoleum. Then put on your hats and march out. When you come back, you'll be greeted by beautiful, shining floors. Floors that will stay clean and fresh because... They're protected from dirt and wear by the shining glow coat polish. You see, glow coat is self-polishing. It shines as it dries without help from you. Now, if you feel a touch of spring fever coming on, hurry up and put Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your floors. Then you can play hooky from work. Your floors will look more beautiful than ever before. 
Just be sure you get the real thing. G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Vista is the more or less happy home of a new rendezvous de sandwich on the corner of Fort Greens and Oak Street. It's a new hamburger stand, owned and operated temporarily at least, by our own leader of cafe society, Fibber, you know our hamburgers because we know our onions, McGee. <laughs> See, Bud, what'd you have? Two hamburgers and coffee. That'll be 30 cents. Thank you. Uh, didn't you want some more coffee, Bud? The second cup is free. Ah, terrible. <laughs> Bud, I guess you didn't read the sign. What sign? Why, right up there. Coffee like Mother used to make. What do you mean, insulting my mother that way? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Got to make this joint more exclusive. <laughs> Have to get some tablecloths and scare away the riffraff. Hey, chef. Yes. I had a complaint on the coffee a minute ago. You sure it's okay? Oh, sure. I just had four cups myself, and I feel all right. Except I can't get my eyes uncrossed. Hey, <laughs> it's the coffee that makes you cross-eyed. Take the spoon out of your cup. <laughs> Well, don't... Uh-oh. Here comes Mrs. Uppington. Get that griddle hot. It's hard in a two-dollar pistol now, boy. Oh, man, how do you do, Miss McGee? <laughs> oh, what a quaint little shop, really. <laughs> well, thanks, Uppy. How... Hey, you look kind of upset. Oh, yes. Yes, I am, Miss McGee. Oh. I, I suppose I'm just a silly girl, but Horatio and I have... Uh, well, we, we've quarreled. Oh. We've had a tip. A tip? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> well, give me the details, Uppy. What has poisoned Cupid's arrows now? Oh, it was such a trivial thing, Miss McGee. Oh, it was such a silly thing. Oh, that old oil talk. Uh-oh. You see, Horatio was so hurt because my broker refused to permit me to turn in my AT&T for a wonderful investment in Brazilian oil. <laughs> Horatio is president of the oil company, too. Ah, that's awesome. Oh, such a stupid misunderstanding. Oh, forget it, Uppy. Why don't you have a hamburger and forget your trouble? A nice, well-did hamburger with onions. Heaven, how Brazilian. Without onions, then. Better eat something. Remember, many an empty stomach has been mistaken for a broken heart. Right, uh, sure I am. Come on, grab a stool, Uppy, and order up. Very well. I, um, I think I shall start with some caviar. Okay, Uppy. Hey, Chef. Rob a surgeon. Where's the fish? <laughs> uh, what else, Uppy? Uh, some jelly consomme, I think. Pea soup with a palsy. Ah, a jelly gumbo. 
And now for an entree, let me see. Oh, yes, curry shrimp. Rub down for a lobster's cousin. Ah, <laughs> uh, a Swedish massage for a selfish. Oh, dear. Any dessert, Happy? Uh, yes, yes, a chocolate eclair and a jelly tart. Okay. Brunette on a bun and a mug for a midget. <laughs> Dry them tears and take it easy, Uppy. Your hamburger will be right up. Hamburger? What, sir? But really, I, I didn't want a hamburger. No, but these hamburgers. Why, listen, Uppy. Do you realize that every cow in the country hopes its kids will grow up to be a McGee hamburger? Well, for a calf, that's like growing up to be president. I'm telling you, Uppy, you never had oh, such a hamburger. Please, please, Mr. McGee. Can't you see that I'm in no mood for this? Forgive me, Miss McGee, but really, I, I simply must go. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> you got to go. Well, I feel kind of sorry for her. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to find your big moment is really small time. Hey, Chef, cancel that hamburger. Okay. Back in the barn. <laughs> Hello there, Johnny. Need a good dishwasher? <laughs> no thanks, old timer. We use paper plates and throw them away. Hey! I says no thanks. Besides, washing dishes wouldn't be good for your rheumatism. You go on and be a little stiff in your own joint. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> the way I hear it, one fellow says to the other fellow. See, see. See, them hamburgers smell pretty good, Johnny. Will you have one, old timer? Sure will, Johnny, a little later. What was I talking about? Oh, yes. See, see. See where the Republicans might run this fellow Dewey for president. That's so, says Teller Fella. He got a good record? Sure has, says the first fella. Look what he got at Manila. <laughs> hamburger of mine with plenty of onions, Johnny. Ain't got a date tonight. <laughs> Keep it hot for me while I go home and get my teeth. <laughs> I'll say he ain't got a date tonight. He may have spring in his heart, but that don't help the fall in his arches. <laughs> hey, boss. What's the matter, bud? You know that big can of cream we use for the coffee? Yes. Yeah. Well, we ain't got much milk left in it. <laughs> okay, I'll order some right away. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful Mr. Cream. Oh, is that you, Mert? Silver McGee, Mert. How's everything? Huh? Your old man. Oh, that's too bad. With his what? Oh, dear, dear, dear. Rushed him right down there, huh? What's that, Mert? 22 stitches, eh? Well, I warned him, Mert. I told him them pants was too tight. <laughs> Just call the creamy for me, will you, Mert, and tell him to send me over some cream? Okay, thanks, Mert. Oh, hi, Billy. Oh, hi, hi Don. Hi, Pepper. Well, have a couple of hamburgers? No, thanks. I had one this morning and didn't like it. Found a piece of cloth in it. 
Why, Don, a piece of cloth and one of our hamburgers? Hey, wait a minute. What color was it? Blue. I thought so. That was blue ribbon beef you was eating there, boy. <laughs> what you going to sing, Don? I promise you. Oh, I like that there. You go ahead and sing while I... Oh. Greeting, Gates. What do you have on your plate? <laughs> That's from the Hope Show, and we sure hope you like our hamburgers. <laughs> well, I do. I was in this morning and bought six. Uh, pick me up a couple more of them. Well, you're just like the last one. Very thin and very well done. Uh, better make it four of them to go out. Oh, okay, bud. A quartet for a road show. One for the griddle, cook it slow, brown in the middle, and four to go. <laughs> Take it, Don. <laughs> My love for you is as great as a love can be, yet words couldn't quite express the way that I feel, and as we stand at the doorway of days to be, I faithfully take an I promise you with heart sincere that I will always love you, dear, that when you need me, I'll be here, I promise you, I promise you I'll build a of a broadcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, survey. I'll bet the reason so many businessmen go out of business is they have to take so much time from business to fill out questionnaires asking them how business is. Wow. In business. Hello, Fibber. Oh, hi, Harpo. Have a hamburger? No, I don't believe I want a hamburger. Haven't you got a nice juicy steak? Nice juicy steak? Why, certainly. 
How about a big, juicy filet mignon? Oh, boy, swell. Okay. Hey, Chef, saddle a filet for a steak race. You going to be a regular customer, Harpo? Oh, probably. I eat all my meals out, you know. Gee, but don't you get tired of that, Harpo? Well, why don't you get married and settle down? Well, gee, I proposed to a girl once, and she said no. She did? Maybe you didn't propose right. Yes, I did. I proposed real nice and on my knees, too. Well, what'd you say to her? I said, darling, mood music, Mills. I said, darling, look at this dull, dingy floor. Let me build you a little love nest, and we'll call it Glowcoat Manor. I'll show you how you can keep your floors in linoleum bright and shining with Johnson's Glowcoat, with absolutely no rubbing or buffing to roughen those little hands of yours. Oh, boy. What passion. <laughs> and then I said, think of it, dear, just to pour a little Glowcoat on the floor and spread it around with the long-handled plier. And then you and I holding hands on the sofa for 20 precious minutes while the glow coat dries to a beautiful mirror-like polish. <laughs> I'd like to have seen the love light in her eyes when you got to the part about saving one-third on the large size can. <laughs> well, you know, that was the odd part of it, Fibber. Huh? She suddenly stood up with a strange look in her eyes and said, Listen, Poodle. She used to call me Poodle. Oh. <laughs> Listen, Poodle, she said. Where do you get this wonderful Johnson's glow coat? And I said, oh, at any hardware store, a drug store, or the grocery man. And then she was gone. Oh, and then you never saw her again no more? Oh, yes, at her wedding. She'd gone right out and married the grocery man. <laughs> I guess I just don't understand women. <laughs> Here's your steak, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> Shall we give you a bone on the side, Poodle? <laughs> Oh, no, thanks. This will be all... Say, this is a hamburger. I thought you were giving me a nice, juicy steak. That's it, Harpo. Only we grind our steaks up. That's what makes them so juicy. Oh, gee whiz. What's the matter, boss? Didn't he want the hamburger? No, I guess not. Put it on a table by the window and I'll eat it myself. Give people passing by confidence in the place to see the boss eating his own vittles. Oh, hi, bud. Here's the hamburgers you ordered. Oh, thanks. Uh, fix me a half a dozen more, cooked exactly like those others. Thin and well done. Oh. Even better done this time. I'll be back for them later. Okay, bud. Hey, chef. Six hamburgers to go. Thin and well done and hurry them up. Six calls. Stop beat them. Hello, mister. Do you need a good cashier? <laughs> Yes, it's Zazu Pitts again, folks. The gal with the permanent wave in each hand. What made you think I might need a cashier, sis? Well, I thought if you had somebody sitting at the desk there by the window, you know, somebody with a... Well, I don't know as I to say it myself, but you know, a certain appeal. <laughs> well, that's the thought, sis. You need the job? Oh, not financially. But goodness, I thought now there is a place to work where a girl can meet some nice men in a refined way. I think sitting there all day long handling money and watching many would satisfy both my playgirl complex and my maternal instinct. Well, I don't know, sis. What experience you had? Well, my last experience, mister, was at the public library. Uh -huh. A very nice man came up to me and said... 
what are you doing tonight, babe? And I thought a minute and said, well, I'm going home and rent out a few things. <laughs> and then I'm going to church for an hour or so, and then I looked up and he was gone. <laughs> Another experience Just I a minute, had... Just I didn't mean your romantic experiences. What experience you had as cashier? Well, I've kept my own budget for years and years, mister. Mm-hmm. I'd show it to you, but it's in the same book as my diary. And maybe I might have been a little too frank in a girlish sort of way. <laughs> Listen, sis, are you accurate? Can you make change? Oh, dear, I'm sure I can. My grandfather was a lightning calculator and only made one mistake in his life. What was that? He calculated lightning wouldn't strike him as he stood under a tree in the golf course. <laughs> we never found anything but his nibbling. <laughs> too bad, but it just takes one stroke to ruin a man's game. <laughs> listen, sis, if you work here, we can't have you eating hamburgers all day long. You realize that, don't you? No, dear, yes. I don't like hamburgers anyway. Don't you ever serve chicken? We always have chicken at our house. I take the wings, my brother takes the legs, and mother gets the liver, but the heart belongs to daddy. We don't seem to be getting anywhere, sis. I'll give you a simple test. Now, suppose I just had a couple of hamburgers at ten cents apiece, two cups of coffee, the second one free, and a piece of pie to dine. How much would I have to pay? Nothing. Why not? Dear me, you own this place, don't you? I'm sorry, but I'm afraid you won't do. Well, all right. But if you change your mind, my telephone number is 476. 476. Oh, tell me, mister. Is your Mr. Wilcox married? <laughs> no, he ain't, sis. Oh, my. He's so nice, too. <laughs> uh, where does he live, mister? At the Wistful Vista Bachelor Apartments. Why do you want to know where Harco lives? Well, it's probably just faint, mister, but you realize I pass by his house almost every afternoon. Starting tomorrow. <laughs> All dear to my heart are the scenes of my childhood when fond recollection presents them to you. But something sure has happened to the old oaken bucket. His story sad but true. There's a hole in the old oaken bucket. And it don't hold no water, no more, no more. There's a hole in the old, old oaken bucket. Buck, buck, bucket. And through it the water does pour, does pour. Oh, it was a bad tale in the old bucket. Come on. 
mountain and the easy sea. Then pull the trigger once again. There's a hole in the old, old open bucket. And it don't hold water no more. So I plug the hole with my fingers. And all around it, water did pour. Oh, I guess. Yes, there's no use in denying The end of a bucket has changed So there'd not be no hole in the bucket If Ma had a took better Hey, hey, hey Oh, if Ma had a took better That was the four notes singing the Billy Mills arrangement of There's an Aperture in the Old Open Container. Well, that was nice going, kid. If I wasn't wrapped up in this hamburger joint, I'd back you in a bucket shop. Now, let's see. I better make out the menu for tomorrow. H-A-M-B-U-R-G-E-R-S. There. That's taken care of. Oh, hi, Boomer. Good day, fancy pants. Good day. What's this about you and Mrs. Uppington having a falling out? I hope it's nothing temporary. Quite true, quite true. The dear girl has been badly advised, I think. That's all. After all we have in common, she insists on holding her preferred. <laughs> and you, nosy Parker, I hold responsible for the lovely creature's financial stubbornness. <laughs> Who, me? Why, just Boomer. All I ever said about you was that... You was a crook and a bum and the kind of a chiseler that would scrape the gold leaf off the sign in front of the old lady's home. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a real conservative estimate. Crumble face, one of these days you will go too far with me. But I'm not the one to hold a grudge. No, not Horatio K. Boomer. By the way, uh, how is my credit for a hamburger? <laughs> bad, Boomer, bad. No dough, no grub. I was afraid of that. Only reason I ask, I don't believe I have anything smaller with me than a hundred-dollar bill. That's so. Well, let's see it. Oh, uh, certainly, certainly. Have it right here. Uh, someplace. Let's see, now, where did I put that hundred-dollar bill? Hundred-dollar bill, hundred-dollar bill. Beautiful sound, isn't it? Hundred-dollar bill. How did I put that bill? A hundred... Here's a personal letter from a collection agency. Very affectionate, too. A little squeeze in every paragraph. <laughs> Driver's license for a man named Dillaway. Seemed to have driven his car away by mistake. <laughs> Must have been an important citizen, too. Had a motorcycle escort behind me for 12 miles. <laughs> Let's see, letter opener. What do you mean, letter opener? That's a tea kettle. It's still a letter opener, potato bug. <laughs> Well, come on, Boomer. The hundred-dollar bill or no hamburger? Ah, yes, the hundred-dollar bill. Where can I put it? Invitation to a reception. Small affair. No one there. Had to crawl into a window. <laughs> a gold wristwatch. Birthday present from little hula dancer. Beautiful movement, too. <laughs> so pay with gray hair. Always wear that when I want to worry about something. <laughs> and a check for a short beer. Well, well, imagine that. No hundred dollar bill. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what I could have done with it. Too bad if I lost it. 
was made by a dear friend of mine. <laughs> he ran off ten of them and then ran off. <laughs> Somebody hollered, seize it, and he welched the rabbit. <laughs> well, good day, fellow Frankenstein. <laughs> Guy. The minute I seen him get a load of Uppy's diamonds, I knew that romance was headed for the rock. Oh, well, I don't suppose there's anything. Hello there. My hamburger's ready. Oh, you betcha, bud. Uh, that'll be uh, 60 cents. Thank you. I, I certainly appreciate your trade, bud. You're, you're my best customer. I hope you come in often. Oh, I will. Your hamburgers are just right for me. Fried, well done, and thin. Oh, that's fine. You say you got a shop near here? Yeah, right down the street. What kind of work do you do that makes you so hungry? Hungry? Oh, I don't eat those things. I'm huh? a cobbler, and I use them for half soul. in just a moment. But now we have news for you about a money-saving offer which you can't afford to miss. For a limited time, your dealer is featuring Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat in big, giant-sized cans. These giant sizes contain one-third more than the regular amount, yet you pay not one penny more. By asking for Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat now in the giant-sized cans, you actually get one-third more for your money. But we must warn you, these giant sizes are going fast, <clears throat> and we don't want you to miss out. So phone your dealer tomorrow morning, or go to the store and get a supply of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat in the giant size cans. You'll be money ahead, and you'll appreciate having these big cans of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat ready for convenient use. Don't delay. Buy Johnson's giant size cans tomorrow and get one-third more for your money. Folks, we want to thank America's number one glamour girl, Zazu Pitt, for appearing on our little hamburger barbecue tonight. And incidentally, we don't like to do the same kind of a show two weeks in succession, but... Don't be surprised if we're back at my sandwich parlor again next Tuesday night, March 14th. Our income tax man is insistent on a joint return. <laughs> Good night, folks. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's White and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, racing Wisconsin. Inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
Kevin McGee and Company have sent you letters from Hollywood Radio City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the Amos and Andy Show with their guest tonight, Miss Ethel Waters. Our story tonight opens on a train coming down from Albany. Right now, the train has just left Yonkers and is approaching the outskirts of New York City. Two wealthy men in the club car are talking about an experience one of them had two weeks ago on this same train. So Armstrong wanted to bet me that Consolidated Cable wouldn't hit 47 this year. You bet him? I'll say I bet him. I bet him $1,000. That's when I pulled out the thousand-dollar bill and was going to hand it to Lawrence so he could hold the stakes. Oh, you really carry big ones, don't you? Oh, well, that's another story. I got it on a real estate deal. <laughs> anyway, we were standing on the observation platform, and I pulled out this thousand-dollar bill, and just as I was going to hand it to Lawrence, a gust of wind came along and blew it right out of my hand. Oh, see, that's really an awful thing to happen. It happened right around here, huh? No, it was a little further down, somewhere before we pulled into the 125th Street Station. Happened so fast, I couldn't remember the spot. Well, I guarantee that whoever found it needed a lot more than you do. Yeah, I guess you're right there. But I tell you, Willard, I'd love to have seen the face on the person who picked it up. I'd have loved to have followed him further to see what he did with the money. I'll bet somebody's life's changed all of a sudden, huh? You know, I'd give anything to know what happened to that thousand-dollar bill. The last time I saw it, it was fluttering down to the street. And that's the way I feel. You know, Lightning, every time I walk under these railroad tracks here, I kind of get the traveling bug. Uh, yeah, the traveling show is nice, all right. My wife's cousin is a Pullman porter. Yeah, well, the way traveling is today, a uh, Pullman porter is about the only one show of a reservation to go somewhere. You know a Pullman Porter can travel free. Yeah, well, the trouble is, though, you got to make up them beds, and I don't like housework. <laughs> them Pullman Porters really keep going. Yeah, that... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, what you picking up there, Miss Andy? Look at this, Lightning. A thousand-dollar greenback. Boy, they sure make that stage money look real these days, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, sir, that sure is a good imitation, all right. Look, Miss Anna, they even got them little silk threads in the paper that the money is printed on. Yeah, the... Hey, Lightning, wait a minute. Silk threads. And this has got a number on it, too. Yeah. I'll bet you this is real money. Just like I say, Andy, this friend of mine says that this is a real thousand-dollar bill. Yeah. I tell you, Brother Andy, you're making a big mistake if you put an ad in the newspaper. I is, huh? Oh, Kingfish, what is you talking about? It's the only right thing for Andy to do is to put an ad in the lost and found column and at least try to find the person that lost the money. Then his conscience is clear, and he ain't going to get in no trouble. Yeah, I got to agree with Amos on that. Well, now, wait a minute, Andy. He must ain't recited all the facts. I was thinking of you, partner, dear. Hmm, you is, huh? <laughs> yeah, now suppose, uh, suppose you put an ad in the paper. Cost you about $8. Then the man come claim the money. 
And then he refuses to pay for the ad, and you was out $8. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, I'll even go further than that, Andy. Uh, how long ago did the man lose the money? I don't know. Of course you don't know. Maybe he lost it a month ago, maybe two months ago. He might uh, want to charge you interest for the time it's been gone, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about that, Amos? Oh, listen, Andy. Now, wait a minute, Joe. On top of that... This man is liable to claim that when he lost a $1,000 bill, it was in a genuine leather wallet. And he'll want you to pay for that, too. That's what they do. Uh, you know he is, without a doubt, the cheapest guy in the whole world. <laughs> oh, Andy, listen. Don't pay no attention to the kingfish. Why don't you take my advice and put an ad in the newspaper? Yeah, English, you was right. All right, then, boys. If that's the way you want to act, I'll go along with you and show you as a good sport. That's the spirit, Kingfish. Yeah, I'll even help you with putting the ad in the paper. The truth is, I know just the paper you ought to put the ad in, and I think they'll give you a cheaper rate. What paper is that? Uh, the Weekly Clarion in Butte, Montana. <laughs> Well, Amos, I done had my ad in one of the local papers for four days now, and I never got no answer, not even no phony ones. Well, at least you try to find out who lost it, Andy, and after all, I can't go around and expect you to go around and ask everybody in New York about the thing, too. I know that. Yeah, I ain't going to ask nobody nothing, believe me. Well, I would say now that the money belongs to you. Oh, sure, now it's legal. Amos, I is a rich man. I knowed I'd make good someday. Yeah, well, a thousand dollars sure is a lot of money. And if I was you, Andy, for once, I would start a bank account and stick that money in the bank. Yeah, and start drawing checks on it, huh? No, no, I mean save it. Oh, yeah, but that's only the principle. I ain't going to have nothing to worry about when the interest starts compounding up on me. That two off ten net sixty with a semi-annual in there and everything. <laughs> Well, it's your money, Andy. Yeah, I'm going over and slap it right in the bank now and get me one of them checkbooks. Then I'm going to move into a big suite at a hotel. I'm going to hire me a valet and begin living by 2.30. You want to walk over there with me, Amos? Uh, no, Andy, I'm pretty busy right now. The place where I work is closed down for a few weeks for retooling the factory. They're changing the machinery in there, and I'm going to try to get my taxi cab fixed. What's the matter with it? Oh, it's... Jeff needs a lot of repairs, and I can't afford it. Needs painting and a lot of stuff. I'm going to try to work it, though, so I can get the man at the garage to fix it for me if I can. Yeah, well, see you later then, son. High Living Brown is going over and start living. Well, Brother Andrew, there certainly is a good-looking suite you got here at the hotel. But I don't see the reason for the whole thing. Listen, Kingfish, all of my life I done wanted to be a little high class, and now I'm going to be it. I'm going to have breakfast in bed. I'm going to have lunch in bed. Well, even if I was up in the morning, I'm going to get back in bed just to have lunch there. <laughs> uh, well, Andy, I tell you... Uh, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me, Kingfish. Hello? Your valet is in the lobby here, Mr. Brown. Oh, well, have him come right up. The valet I done hired is on his way up, Kingfish. Valet, huh? Yeah. Now, there's another thing, Andy. What do you want with a valet? 
To wait on me. To press the pants. Wait a pants. minute. Wait a minute. To press your pants. Yeah. All your life, you've been putting them under the mattress just like everybody else. Now you won't be different, huh? Well, I ain't putting my pants under the mattress no more. I was getting tired of them looking like a waffle. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Look, Andy, if you was got to be high class, you can always send your pants down to the tailor shop to be pressed in the basement. Yeah, but who is going to put on my shoes and hold my coat and fill the bathtub for me? Oh, pardon me, your highness. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. Oh, no. Listen, Kingfish, I can't figure out why it is that you and everybody else don't want me to spend my money. And if I was you... Wait a minute. There's my valet. Uh-oh, now the high-class stuff starts. Come in. Oh, uh, hello, Jeffries. How do, Mr. Brown? I'm uh, glad to see you was on time, Jeffries. Uh, your job and salary starts as of now. Well, then, I'll see you later, then. Just a minute, Mr. Stevens, and I'll be very glad to say goodbye to you. Mm, yeah. Uh, Jeffries. Uh, yes, sir. Of course, we'll get to the bathtub stuff later, but right now you can take my shoes off. Certainly. Uh, pardon me, sir, but you don't have your shoes on. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, in that case, you can take off my... So- uh, you can remove my hoses. <laughs> yes, sir. Get a load of this, Kingfish. Yeah, I think I'll be running along, Your Highness. Okay, Kingfish. And if you ever come down to Earth sometime, look me up. Toodle-doo, Mr. Stevens. Uh, toodle see you. <laughs> now, Jeffries, uh, I think the first thing to do is kind of figure out your duties here. Well, I'll try to do everything to the best of my ability, sir. Yeah, well, that's what I was paying you for. However, Mr. Brown, if there's anything about my duties that I don't understand, I won't hesitate to ask you. Well, I don't want you to be bothering me with too many questions. If there's anything you don't understand, why, just keep on balleting around here the best you can. Uh, yes, sir. Because, you see, I'm going to be pretty busy around here taking baths and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's one thing, sir, that... Uh, uh, shall I answer it, sir? Yes, you too. Mr. Brown, sweet. I want to speak to Andy. I'll see if Mr. Brown is in. Who's calling, please? Uh, this year is Frederick Montgomery Gwendell. Just a moment, please. I'll see if Mr. Brown is in. It's Mr. Gwendell on the phone, Mr. Brown. Okay, I'll take it. And Jeffries. Yes, sir. When you answer the phone, instead of saying Mr. Brown's suite, say Mr. Brown's three-room suite. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, uh, hello, Fred. That was my valet. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't hear that you don't go on high class. I'll say, Andy... Remember I told you that after my interview with Ethel Waters, the moving picture star tomorrow night, I was going to take her out to dinner and the night spots after? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, I tied up, and since I hear that you are now a playboy, and since you done come into that $1,000 bill, how about you taking out instead of me? Oh, that's for me. Hold the phone. Uh, Jeffries. Yes, sir. The master is going out with a movie star. <laughs> Stand by for some high-class stuff. Pardon me, Mr. Brown. Uh... Where do you keep your evening clothes? What evening clothes? Oh, I mean, uh, 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 I'll explain that to you later. Yes, sir. I presume you will wear a white tie. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, hello, Fred. Is she going to wear a white tie? <laughs> well, she ain't going to wear a white tie, but uh, might be a good idea for you to wrap one around your neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll do that. Uh, count on me. I'll be dressed within an inch of her life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's great, Andy. Yeah, I'll have everybody saying, make way for Andrew H. Brown. Okay, I'll call you and give you all the arrangements about where to meet and everything. Okay, Fred. So long. Goodbye. Well, Mr. Brown, I, I suppose you'll want your evening clothes pressed and laid out. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you about that, Jeffers. Uh, two days ago, it seems that a pipe done busted in the closet of my country apartment. Yes, the closet got all flooded, and I done got flooded right smack out of my wardrobe. Yes, sir. Those things do happen. They do? I mean, do they? Uh, I mean, uh, 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 anyway, uh, what I want you to do now, Jeffries, uh, you are just about my size. I want you to go out and get me a complete new batch of clothes for high class going out, including a gold-headed cane and a solid gold cigarette case, double thick. Livin' Andy is all dolled up for his date with Ethel Waters. Right now, the two of them are riding along in a taxi cab. Well, here he is, Miss Waters. So this is the hot shot club. Yeah, this is it. Uh, how much is the fare, driver? The meter reads 85 cents, sir. All right. Here's a dollar, my good man. Keep the change and buy yourself a yacht. I suppose you come here quite often. Oh, so I practically lives in the place. I is a big man here. Playboy Brown, they calls me. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, we goes right in here. Oh, good evening, Miss Wallace. Oh, good evening. Glad to see you, Captain. My name is Brown. Walk right in, Miss Wallace. The check room is on the left. Thank you. Take your things over here, please. Oh, Miss Waters, can I take your wrap? No, thanks. I think I'll keep my wrap with me. Okay, Miss Waters. Uh, my name is Brown. Uh, uh, you can... You can take my stuff. Here you is. Uh, there's my gold-headed cane. Oh, excuse me while I take my solid gold cigarette case out of the pocket. I got it. This is a charming place. Certainly it's done up elegant. Yeah, I knowed you'd like it, uh, I got a good table all reserved. I have to check on it, too. Oh, how do you do, Miss Waters? Hello there, and how are you? Uh, my name is Brown. <laughs> uh, I got a table reserved here. Straight ahead, please, Miss Waters. The captain will take care. Say, they got some crowd in here. Yeah, they sure is, ain't they? Uh, do you have a reservation, sir? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a reservation under the name of... Uh, oh, how do you do, Miss Waters? I didn't see you with a head turned there. Uh, I got a reservation under the name Just of... Just Mr... a minute. Oh, Miss Waters, you won't need a reservation. My name is Brown. All right, this way, please. Yeah, wonder who that awful mess is with... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Miss Waters, uh, yeah, there show is a big crowd here. Oh, right here, Miss Waters. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll sit over here. Uh, well, you know, Miss Waters, talking about Hollywood like we was... I was thinking about going out there myself. Uh, how is the social life? Well, now, you know what Hollywood is. Uh, what's that? Hollywood. You don't mean to tell me. <laughs> it's just one round of parties. 
Day and night, huh? Well, I only go to parties at night because in the daytime I'm on the movie set making pictures. Yeah, well, you know, I've been kind of toying with the idea of going into the movie picture business out there myself. The only thing is, I ain't been able to make up my mind yet whether I want to finance the pictures or just act in them. Oh, are you an actor? Oh, yeah, sure. I thought that I might act and finance both, but uh, the only trouble is, uh, I have such a high salaried actor that I couldn't afford to pay myself. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, I see. Do you care to order? Yes, I think that would be a grand idea. Yeah, well, while you're taking Miss Waters, I might as well get my order in, too. What do you have tonight that's special, Captain? Well, our steaks are very, very good. Steak? That would just hit the spot with me. Now, may I suggest that uh, the thick tenderloin steak for two? Oh, that would suit me fine. Yeah, write that down. Uh, double thick tenderloin steak for two. What are you going to have? Uh... <laughs> Bring me the same, I guess. Very good. I'll bring you some nice vegetables, too. Just leave it to me. Why, Ethel, darling, when did you get to New York? Florence, this is a surprise. Sit down. Uh, my name is Brown. Ethel, you're looking <laughs> wonderful. Well, you're pretty stunning yourself in that sequence gown you got on as gorgeous. Who are you here with, Florence? Oh, we just come in. I said Ed and Fritzy and Dorothy. You know, the whole crowd. Well, Eight of them. well, call them all over here and have dinner with us. Oh, wonderful. Hey, gang. Look who's here. Come on over. Well, I didn't expect you here. When did you come get on, come on. Sit down, all of you. We can all sit at this table. We'll get some extra chairs. And I'll order for all of you. How about having what we're having? Double thick tenderloin steaks for two. Oh, that would be perfect. Oh, waiter, make that order. Eight more double thick steaks for two, please. My name is Brown. Come along with us. Well, that sounds good to me. Oh, uh, how about to check with dinner? Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. You're my guest. I'll join you folks in the, in the front door in just a moment. Say, waiter, bring my escort the check, please. Okay, Miss Waters. Yeah. I have it right here, sir. Yeah, thanks. Uh, let's see now. That's, uh, $12 and... No, no. That's $120. Oh, oh, yeah. But I ain't got my glasses. Yeah, I... Oh, you don't mind if we run along, do you? I do want to thank you for a lovely dinner and for inviting all my friends. And I hope to see you again sometime, Mr. Uh, what was the name? Brown. Brown. <laughs> 
big time last night, huh, Andrew? Yeah, big time. I done went out with a movie star and lots of other people. All big time. Oh, that's great. Glad to hear it, because I know that you wanted to go out and put on the dog and all that stuff. Yeah, well, uh, the only thing is... Uh... Well, not that it's worrying me or nothing. Uh, well, I know you ain't worried, because no. you're the type of man now that ain't worried about nothing. No, I don't worry about that. No, when you loaded, you ain't never worried. I know that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> wait a minute, though. I think that I have spent a little too much money. Hmm, yeah, well, when you got a checkbook, you kind of lose control, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but I was going to take your advice, Kingfish, and leave the rest of it where it is and let it draw interest. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, uh wait a minute. Hello? Mr. Andrew Brown, please. Speaking. Well, this is the assistant manager over at the Harlem Bank. Mr. Brown, we find that your account is overdrawn $18. Uh, what's that? That's right. And we must ask that you take care of this today. Yes, sir. Uh, overdrawn $18, huh? Yes, sir. Goodbye, sir. Hmm. Well, uh, Andrew, the whole $1,000 is all gone, huh? Yeah, and $18 besides. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, if you'd bought war bonds with it, why, you'd have still had it. Plus. Yeah, well, I guess I kind of overwritten myself with them checks there. <laughs> you see, I never had no money before. Never seen it get away so fast. Say, Kingfish, I wonder if you'd do me a favor. Oh, sure, and I'd do anything again to help you. Yeah, would you stop by my hotel and get my gold-headed cane and my gold cigarette lighter, then stop over at Honest Joe's and see if you can get at least $18 on Oh, come in, Amos, come in. Yeah, I got your phone call, Andy, saying that you wanted to see me here at the office about something reporting. Uh, what's wrong? Uh, nothing wrong. Uh, just want you to come out in the back alley with me for a second. Uh, look, Andy, I was in a big hurry. Uh, I tell you the truth. I got an appointment to see a man about a job. You see, I ain't been doing so good since my taxi cab is laid up, so if you could just tell me now what you want, why... Maybe I could take care of it and then get going a little quicker, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it ain't going to take but a second, Amos. Uh, come on back here in the alley. Well, all right. I'll come back there with you. So tell me, though, Andy. Well, Amos, there it is. Uh, what is... Andy, is that my cab? Yes, sir. All repaired and painted up for you. But Andy... It's all paid for, too, Amos. From me to you, with love. Oh, gee, I hardly recognize it, Andy. It looks so good. Oh, it's just the right color. Oh, they took the dents out of the fenders, too. Oh, look at... Oh, Andy, this is the nicest thing that done ever happened to me. Oh, that's all right. Oh, but the money that must have cost, uh, you ain't had no business spending that much. Oh, Amos, I got a lot of money. I, Well, I, I just talked to my banker on the phone. He called me, too. I didn't call him. <laughs> They like me over there. They, why, they're talking about $18 like it's nothing at all. Uh, oh, I, sure, I can afford a thing like this easy. Well, Andy, gee, I can't get over it. It was a wonderful thing for you to do. I was so excited about it that I go in right out today and start working. Okay. Good luck to you, son. And I still say, Willard, that... I wouldn't think so much about losing the money if I could just know what happened to that $1,000 bill. (laughs) 
Well, I guess you'll just have to keep on wondering. Yeah, I guess so. Say, I'm going over to 86 and Park. Can I drop you off? No, no thanks. I go over the west side. Well, Austin, I'll see you during the week. Yeah, I'm... yeah, maybe we'll have lunch together. Uh, so long. Oh, taxi, 86 and Park, please. Uh, yeah, sir. Ah. <laughs> nice looking cab you have here. New paint job, isn't it? Uh, yeah, sir. It's just been fixed up. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine had it done for me. Oh, well, you're lucky. Yeah, I'll say I was lucky. And a lucky thing happened to this friend of mine, too. Oh, that so? Yeah, sir. You see, this friend, a fellow by the name of Andy, was walking along the street one day, right under the railroad track in Harlem. And... Oh, gee, did you see that car cut right in front of me then? It was a pretty close shave. I don't think you better talk and drive at the same time. Yeah, sir. I guess you're right. <laughs> remember, infantile paralysis casualties reached terrifying numbers. Playing no favorites, this dreaded scourge struck everywhere. You parents knew the meaning of fear then, for infantile paralysis is an enemy who sends no warning who might invade your home as well as any other. The National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis sponsors the new Kenny treatment, which so often eliminates the crippling after-effects of this disease and guarantees this care for every victim who may require it. You can help to carry forward the vital, humane work that is being done by joining the March of Dimes. Why not send your dime or dollar to President Roosevelt at the White House today? Join us again next Friday evening at the same time for the Amos and Andy Show. This program is broadcast to our armed forces overseas. Our thanks to Miss Ethel Waters for appearing with us tonight. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for all of us and bidding all of you a pleasant good night. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 